Hello, this is Pastor Nick Hood, and today I would like to read from Revelation chapter 5, The Scroll and the Lamb. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, and while some of the images in this chapter may appear to be frightening, a little concerning, they actually uh, are a revelation of what John has been given from God to encourage the first century church, not just about the life to come in heaven, but the life to come right here on earth. And I think that, uh, you know, there are implications for our modern day life and faith as well. So let us begin. Then I saw on the right hand of the one seated on the throne, a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll. He can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God. Saints from every tribe and language and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom of kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor, glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. What a chapter. I'd like to uh, pose some questions for reflection now and to give some connection between the fifth chapter and other parts of the Revelation. First, why does John weep when in his revelation, the revelation given to him from God, no one is said to be worthy to open the scroll? Two, who is it who holds the scroll? Who holds the scroll? Who's holding the scroll? 
And number three, who is the slain lamb that God is told is worthy to open the scroll? I don't want to keep the suspense going that long, but just in case you didn't get it, the one holding the scroll is God. The slain lamb is Jesus. Number four, what does the description of the slain lamb tell us about the crucified and risen Jesus? Think about it for a minute. What does it tell us about Jesus? Think about the description. The lamb is, is slain. It's a slaughtered lamb. Uh, it has seven horns on it. But this slain lamb, the slaughtered lamb, is standing. What that's telling us, the standing position, is this is a conquered, a conquering, slaughtered lamb. Jesus is the lamb who was slaughtered for the redemption of our souls, but he has conquered death. He's standing. Number five, there are key phrases, several key phrases in this chapter that let us know that the revelation is not just about things that will happen in eternity, but right here on earth as well. And what are they, and why do you think these scriptures were designed to give encouragement and hope to the first century church? Let me refresh your memory. Let's go back to verse, starting at verse 9, and listen. This is the new song. It says, They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. And then here's, to me, the key verse, verse 10. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Think about that. He's not talking about, you know, a lot of people think about the revelation just being, you know, people uh, being resurrected from the dead. The dead in Christ shall rise and conquer evil, and the new Jerusalem will come down like a bride adorned for her husband. Uh, for her husband. But here in verse 10, what the revelation John is, has received says, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. This is not just a dead salvation. This is a live salvation for you and me right now, reigning on earth. And think about the good news that that gave to the first century church. They're being kicked around. They're being slaughtered, executed for their faith. And John has received a revelation in prison on the Isle of Patmos to tell them that you will reign on earth. Number six, although I'm getting ahead of the revelation in chapter five, I want you to consider the contrast between the slain lamb in chapter five with seven horns uh, and the great whore, who is the Antichrist in chapter 17. Now, this is fast-forwarding, but let me read to you uh, the image of the great whore and the beast, which is the Antichrist. This is from chapter 17, starting at verse 1, chapter 17 of the Revelation. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls, came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great whore 
who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and with the wine of whose fornication the inhabitants of the earth have become drunk. So he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and seven horns, ten horns. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her fornication. And on her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon, the great mother of whores and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the witness to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly amazed. But the angel said to me, why are you so amazed? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to ascend from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be amazed when they see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Also, they are seven kings, of whom five have fallen. One is living, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are united in yielding their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now that's a you know long passage that I just read for from chapter 17, but that gives you a glimpse of what is to come. It's very important to keep in mind all of the scriptures, all the images that we are introduced to here in the early stages of Revelation, because by the time we get to chapter 17 through 22, uh, it all wraps up, it all ties together. Um, and, and so in chapter 5, you know, we learn about Jesus, who is the Christ, who is slain and slaughtered for our sins and salvation with seven horns. And then this is contrasted with the seven horns of the, the beast, the Antichrist, uh, in chapter 17. Question 8. How does the scroll that is mentioned later in chapter 22 connect to the scroll we are introduced to in chapter 5? Now remember in chapter 5, what we're reading today, uh, John is sad at first because, you know, no one is, is worthy to open the scroll. Then he's told, 
Uh, but there is one who is worthy, and that one is Jesus, uh, the Lion of Judah, the Root of David. And uh, But listen to chapter 17 at the very end, and think about how it connects, starting at verse 17. This is Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let everyone who hears say, Come, and let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Now, again, you know, we're, we're still talking about the book. Uh, the scroll is a book. And uh, in chapter 5 that we're reading today, we're hearing that uh, First John is sad because he doesn't know if anyone is worthy to open the scroll, to open the seals, the seven seals on the scroll, but then when we get to chapter 22, which is the conclusion, uh, what the revelation is telling us that uh, everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues describes in the book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. And so we have a connection uh, between chapter 5 and the conclusion in chapter 22. I'd like to offer a prayer based on what we've been reading. Let us pray. Lord, I look forward to seeing you in glory, but I also look forward to your favor, power, and glory in this world. Lord, I look forward to the new Jerusalem in heaven, but I also look forward to your kingdom to come in this world, that the poor will be uplifted, the haughty and proud brought low, and that peace will flow like a river and mighty stream. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ, located in the heart of Detroit at 600 East Warren Avenue. And I hope that uh, you found something relevant in this. I, I hope that um, I haven't stretched it out too long connecting uh, with chapter 17 and chapter 22, but I think the revelation is to make a little more sense. We have to see it in its uh, entirety. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me in this process. If it means anything to you at all, I hope you will just share it with a friend. Let a friend know what you've been listening to today and uh, encourage them uh, to join us in this podcast ministry. Uh, I find it a blessing because I have a belief, a feeling that there are a lot of people out there who are hungering and thirsting for the Word of God, and all I'm trying to do is just to make it real. So thank you so much, and I hope you will join me tomorrow when I will be reading from Revelation chapter 6. God bless and God keep you.